This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Lockdown Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. Uh, that will be much, much appreciated. So today we had the media availabilities the end of year media for everybody we had the players talking we had the coaches talking gms president shanny was up there so everybody talking at the year-end locker clean out and uh, so what we're going to spend today doing and probably actually today and tomorrow um, for today's show we're actually going to break down um, and play some of the audio that was said by uh, Sheldon Keefe, Brendan Shanahan, and Kyle Dubas. So get their thoughts on what happened in this series, what happened this season, and then Kyle Dubas obviously more so talking about what needs to happen going forward in order to no longer be chatting about the Leafs as, as the joke of the NHL and being round one jokers who consistently find themselves eliminated uh, after seven or less games of playoff hockey. Um, So that's what's on tap for today's podcast. So let's just get right into it because it's actually quite a bit of audio, as you could probably imagine. Um, Everybody and everybody had to talk today. Um, So let's start with uh, let's start with with Sheldon Keefe. Actually, before we start, there's a couple of themes that I had from today's in today's um, press conferences from everybody. And so the first and, and foremost, the thing that I, I gather is that the they're running it back next year. The big four are going to return, um, and they're going to run it back with Nylander, Matthews, Marner, John Tavares, Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, Jake Muzzin, Jack Campbell's going to come back and hopefully be their number. Well, he will. He's under contract to be their number one. Like they are going to run it back. And and, and they talked about the belief in the group that they have and that this is the core that they want to win with. They believe that this core has a, a an opportunity to win. There is a, a winner here that they just need to, to develop a killer instinct with. And that was the other theme of this. Uh, of today's press conference it, it was discussed by the players and discussed by the coach the gm the president the term killer instinct and that's exactly what this team lacked over the last week a uh, week or so the last three games there was no killer instinct to to end this team and you know dubas talked about the lack of killer instinct and that's something that he plans on looking for now how that comes you know, that's that's obviously a, a, something that he has to weigh. He, there's a clip that I'm going to play later where he says, I weighed that in the offseason, and it's like basically, do you get that killer instinct from guys who have come close to winning it but haven't quite done it, guys like Spezza, guys like Joe Thornton, or does that killer instinct come from guys who have won it, your cup contenders, the guys 
like Zach Bogosian, or maybe you go out and get a, a Zdeno Chara who's going to be a free agent this offseason. You know, like like that. Those are the types of of questions that Kyle Dewis will be bringing into uh, this summer and. You know, the, he did mention, and, and, and it was mentioned also by Brendan Shanahan, there will be some change, right? And I saw a tweet by Kevin McGrand that, that really I, I thought was kind of um, uh, really editorializing the press conference and wasn't exactly, like, it was kind of taken out of context, kind of made Brendan Shanahan made it feel like he was like mad and, and this team is going to be stripped down. Wasn't necessarily the case as you'll find out uh, in, in a moment. They were quite reserved with their answers. Um, but there were some interesting things that they said. Uh, again, just like I was talking about in yesterday's episode, there were some things that I was hoping to hear from them, whether that's Keith Shanny and uh, Kyle Dubas. And so let's just get right to it. Let's talk about some of these things that uh, that we had questions about, that the media was asking them, and get to see what they had to say. So uh, first and foremost, let's hear first from Coach Sheldon Keefe. And uh, here's him kind of just reflecting on what exactly happened. Now, obviously, the way we started games five and six and seven, frankly, uh, and game seven was was uh, an entirely different beast than five and six. Uh, both teams, I thought, you know, played extremely cautious in, in game seven. Um, and neither team really took a hold of it. They scored first and and. You know, it sort of dictated the terms of the game from there. But you know, in all three games, we were unable to come out and establish our game. Um, that's really what stands out to me. But Yeah, weren't able to establish the game, and, and they didn't have that killer instinct, right? Like, And that's exactly what happened. They let, they let the Montreal Canadiens dictate the style of game, and it was extremely low event, and that's not how this team found success this year. It was an extremely high-event hockey team. They are highly skilled. They can they can play low-event hockey, and they pretty well did it. I mean, they kept Montreal, who that's their game, basically to a stalemate the entire time. Montreal only won by one goal, and two of them had to come in overtime, and the other two had to come off of terrible turnovers, right? So, like, low-event hockey, they can do it, but when they're at their best, it's when they're high-flying, high-octane, on their toes, and they're dictating play. They're using their speed through the neutral zone. They're, they're they're scoring off the rush, um, and that just wasn't the case. Everything got clogged up, and they weren't able to dictate the game, and they just started too slow. Um, and that was the biggest difference between games one through four and games five, six, and especially game seven. So, you know, Sheldon Keith clearly acknowledging that uh, that they were a little laxed and cautious was the word that he used. Yeah, I would agree. It, it was extremely cautious. Um there was uh, obviously a lot of discussion about this team's power play. You know, absolutely awful to end the year. They did have a couple power play goals throughout the series, but they're usually they were scored by the the second unit. Um, you know, Sandine got a goal, Nylander ended up with one, but ultimately still extremely unencouraging power play, and it didn't give you any hope going into next year that they had fixed it. Uh, but here's Sheldon Keefe and, and his thoughts on the power play, and it's it's kind of interesting. He discusses how this this isn't this is there's a, a bigger issue at foot because he says this this unit and this structure has had success, but for whatever reason can't keep it keep can't keep the the success 
isn't sustained with this unit, and this isn't just happening this year. The same thing happened last year. So here's Keith on the power play. For good reason. There's a lot of focus on it for this season, but I even take it back. When I was hired, we, we made some, some adjustments to the power play, and for a good period of time, 20, 25 games or so, you know, we were up uh, number one in the NHL in that period of time, and then went on a 20-game stretch where, a lot like this year, it really lost its way. And the players didn't change, the structure didn't change, but the uh, the power play lost its way and the execution dropped off dramatically. That led to the motivation to, to split things up and have two units this season. And again, we started off extremely well in that format and had number one power play in the NHL. And then um, injuries and things like that, you, you move things around and the bottom falls out and you're kind of chasing it the rest of the way. So it's not just a one season thing. It's, it's something that uh, has happened for us two seasons in a row here now. And that's clearly not good enough with the talent that we have available. So it's a major focus uh, for myself and Manny Mulch and our staff this offseason. And what I find interesting about that is is he's he's completely right when he says that this is now a second year in a row where, you know, the power play works at first and then falls off. I mean, based on, on me just watching, I can tell you exactly why. It's because that power play became insanely predictable and didn't really change much, like, at all. It, it, the The... the the structure was the same. Like you said, it was the same. The personnel was pretty well the same. And I think that's the problem. It needed to, to have a little bit of a shakeup. It needed to maybe take Marner and put him on the second unit for a little bit just to see if that could do something. They weren't willing to do much change to the power play. They were hoping that the process and the players themselves would be able to figure it out. And unfortunately, they weren't able to do it. I'm curious to see if Manny Malhotra comes back next year. I, I'm I'm on record of saying I don't believe he will. Um, it was just way too putrid of a power play for him to come back. Uh, they definitely, I think, need kind of a new mind um, out there who may, maybe has a, has a fresh viewpoint of things and could come in and, and do something different here on the power play. So, you know, as much as I think Manny Malhotra is a great dude, maybe even he could be a good coach elsewhere, but... I'd be hard-pressed to see him come back in, a, in an assistance role here with the team um, with the way that the power play performed towards the end of the year and then continued into the playoffs when, you know, it would have been an opportunity to kind of switch some things up and, and, and he just wasn't able to get it done. Um, but then again, like, the same thing happened a year ago and Mahalcho wasn't here, right? It was... Uh, blanking on the name he ended up going and coaching Kingston I believe but you know the assistant coach last year same thing though right they had some success and then it it the bottom fell out and then just went on a huge tank job towards the end of the year the exact same thing happened so is it even the coach's fault is it even Manny's fault I don't know I I think it is because it it seems like there's just too much predictability like how much you know, how much does Keefe have a say in how the power play is run? Maybe it's kind of him that's being a little bit stubborn and not changing up the units a little bit. I, I don't know. Uh, but that is definitely one of the biggest question marks that people are going to have with this team. Anytime I do radio with out-of-towners, they always ask, how is it possible that this power play is so bad? 
every time I go on the national show, I go on Locked on Habs, you know, I Locked on Sabre, doesn't matter what show I do or even any other show from any other network in any other city, you know, a radio station, whatever. I always get asked, how is this power play so bad? And I just don't really have a solid answer. Like, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, you know, going into next season, that's clearly one of the number one things that uh, that has to get going. I have a couple of, of ideas, but, you know, we've got a long off season. I think next week I'm going to get into a little bit more so moving forward. What does this team look like? You know, what is the free agent? You know, they've got a bunch of free agents who, who stays, who goes. We'll get into all that, how I think they can fix the power play, some guys they can bring in. We'll get into all that a little bit later, but we'll, we'll stick with this for now. I got one more little piece of Keith audio, then we'll take a break and we'll get to Dubas and Shanahan. So um, this one is about Sheldon Keith. Um, looking forward to uh, to next season and, and kind of what next what they'll have to do to add going into the off season. Uh, one thing that's abundantly clear to me today with every player that I met with and spoke with is they care deeply, and this has impacted them greatly. And um, I, I believe that in itself is is a great lesson and a great opportunity to uh, humble our group. And, and have them learn and understand just how difficult it is. Because right at a moment when you put together a great regular season and you've done enough good things to put yourself in a great spot going into the playoffs, and then you're up 3-1 in a series and you're feeling really good about what you've done, and then it, it falls apart on you. Uh, it's just another example of how difficult it is to win in the NHL. And uh, it's also a nice reminder for me that while we did good things uh, through the regular season, through training camp, that gave us an opportunity for regular season success and an opportunity to gain control of a series, we didn't have that killer instinct and the, and, um, the wherewithal to finish this, the series and, and move past it. Oh, there's that buzzword, killer instinct. You heard it there. I'm t- it's not the last time you're going to hear it either. Um but a nice slice of humble pie is what Sheldon Keefe says the Maple Leafs organization is eating today, giving up a 3-1 lead, and uh, they're hoping that, that that humbled them. But what that tells me is, is in his mind, his team took the foot off the gas. I know that, you know, the players, when they spoke today, and we'll get to the players tomorrow, um, you know, they asked if they took the foot off the gas. The answer was pretty much no. Um, I, I would disagree myself because they didn't dictate play because – they were pedal to the metal in games three and four, and those were big-time victories. And then all of a sudden, you're playing low-event hockey again. I mean, look, uh, this team, I- I'm hoping that this is a learned, uh, you know, they're so disappointed that they can learn from this and grow from this. I guess this is like the first time that this has happened where there has been this much expectation and maybe next time they won't kind of take the Habs lightly when it comes time to to kind of keep the keep the foot on the neck. Hopefully, hopefully this is that slice of humble pie and next year when they're up 3-1 on whoever in round 1, they're not taking them lightly and in fact they decide to actually, you know, enact that killer instinct and go for the kill and win a round. 
All right, let's take one quick break. Uh, when we get back, we'll move on and we'll chat. Uh, we'll, we'll play some Brendan Shanahan sound, the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll do that next here on the Locked on Lease podcast. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write locked on on their how'd you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Stocks, beams, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. All you need is 500 get started. Grow your wealth in an easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first 5000 managed free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W-E-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano with you, the host of the show. And just a reminder, although the Leafs season is over, Locked On Leafs is still a daily podcast. And uh, with all this sound coming in, we've got a couple more days. We'll be re- reacting to all of it. We just did uh, in the in a moment ago, t- heard from Sheldon Keefe. We're about to hear from Brendan Shanahan and then Kyle Dubas a little bit later today. And then tomorrow, we're going to hear from Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Jack Campbell, Zach Hyman. You know, we'll hear what everyone's got to say about what went wrong this season and what the future holds uh, in their minds at the very least. And we'll do that uh, in tomorrow's show. But let's talk about what the president, Brendan Shanahan, had to say. Um, And, you know, like I said, the buzzword and the big theme that came out of these press conferences from everybody was that there is a lack of killer instinct. And here's Brendan Shanahan talking about just that um i felt all season long like i like i said earlier um there was a not just a comfort in playing physical games but there was um there was an enthusiasm and there was there the players excelled in games like that there was they had confidence in their defensive abilities um so i thought the preparation was good but yet as many of the players have said there's a killer instinct that is missing that we need to address um, whether that's externally or just figuring out a way for our guys to get over that hump. Yep. So there's the killer instinct again. Clearly, this is something that not only you guys saw, but everybody saw that that's, there's something that they got to do to get over the hump there. All right. Um, all right. Let me, um, let me play this clip about, because there's been a lot of conversation about whether or not the Leafs are going to do anything with 
with the top four, if they're going to make any massive sweeping changes. Um, I don't believe so. I said this yesterday. I didn't believe that was going to be the case. And then after listening to everybody's talk today, I certainly do not believe that is going to be the case. Um, so here's Brendan Shanahan on, on the top four and how he believes that this is a team that they can build with and that they can win with, and uh, which which just goes ahead and, and basically uh, doubles down on, on why I also believe that this team is not going to see a major shakeup this offseason. Well, I'll, I'll say this about our top four. Um, I, I think any team in the league would love to have any one of them, um, but, but we want them. We like them. We want to keep them here. Um, they're special players. Um, they're all deeply, deeply committed to winning here in Toronto. Uh, and it's important for us as a management group to continue to develop them. And when I say develop, that's also developing them to play in those situations, those ones that they were just in and that they've found themselves in over the last couple of years and come up short. Uh, but it's also to support them and surround them with other players that can help them in that development as well. So basically, they're not going anywhere. They're going to run it back with the same core four, and I'm okay with that. I, I am. You know, I, I think that this team was built well. You know, there was just the, the, the lack of a killer instinct is the only thing that this team was missing. Does that mean that they need, like, a big piece to have that killer instinct? Perhaps because they went and they got guys like Thornton and Spezza and Felino who were supposed to give them that and failed to. And now maybe they're, they're in their minds, or in, in my mind at least, I, I think, okay, you've tried adding those role players who you thought could do could give this team a killer instinct. Maybe you need to add an impact player with killer instinct. I don't have a name for you yet, but I will when I talk about the offseason a little bit later on uh, in the next, you know, in the coming weeks. But, like, those are the questions that I think they're going to have to ponder going forward. Um but I do, it 100% sounds like they're going to keep the band together and, and they believe that they can win with this core, with Matthews, Marner, and Nylander, and John Tavares as well. Like, those four, I don't think are going anywhere. It's now, you know, Keith has said he believes that he can win with that one. Shanahan has said that they can win with this four. And then coming up next, we will hear from Kyle Dubis, who, shocker, also believes that they can win with this with this core four, and we'll do that next. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. The NHL playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign in today. Use a promo code Locked On and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code Locked On for 50% off your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano with you, the host of this show. We heard from Sheldon Keefe. We heard from Brendan Shanahan. Now it's time to hear from the architect. 
Kyle Dubas. The GM is always the guy I look forward to hearing most at end-of-year pressers. Um, he's the he's really the one who puts this team out on the ice, uh, and, and he's the one who usually takes the biggest brunt of blame. Uh, this year, I actually think that isn't the case. I thought he's done it. He did a pretty good job. You know, I, I, there's not a lot of moves that he made that I wouldn't have made myself, or that I, I didn't sign off on when the when the deal was done. Obviously, in hindsight, would you give up a first round pick for an injured Felino? Probably not. But at the time, I thought that was a a great addition and well worth the price. Uh, so let's hear what what Kyle Dubas had to say because given all that. He still understands that it's kind of on him to to get this team going. Um, so here's about him talking about his, his disappointment in the team not getting it done this year. You know, a week ago, I think everybody felt great and, and the, the mood and the hope and uh, the optimism is extremely high. And it's just another very painful lesson. And, and I think, you know, we're always trying to add to the team and improve it and figure out what the needs are and adapt and adjust. And, and that's what we'll do again, whether it's, you know, the, this upcoming summer's TJ Brody or Zach Bogosian, et cetera. Um, because until we get to that point, I think the, the blame lies with me to continue to push and, and help our coaching staff and help our locker room continue to find the pieces that are going to help us break through in the end. And, um, that's what we'll set the summer to again. But certainly, yeah, it's extremely disappointing to be sitting here today. Yeah, well, you're not the only one disappointed there, Kyle. We're, uh, there's a lot of disappointment going around in Leafs Nation over the last couple of days. Um, but again, I, I don't I don't fault Kyle Dubas. I think he did almost everything right this offseason. Like, you think about what they needed last year and what everyone was sounding off about after last year. Oh, they're too small. They're too soft. They can't play playoff hockey. They don't have good veteran leadership. They don't have a presence in the room. Okay, well, they went ahead and they checked every single one of those boxes when they brought in Zach Bogosian, Wayne Simmons, Joe Thornton. They brought in Nick Foligno at the deadline. The year prior, they brought in uh, Jack Campbell to be a, a number two goalie who... I mean, that was found money, turned out to be a a terrific number one guy who was an amazing locker room presence. So, you know, Dubas, it's so hard to harp on him, but there's so many people that are. There's a lot of fire Dubas. He can't do it. He, You know, he's too far, you know, gone when it comes to analytics, yada, yada. But honestly, I don't think that he did a bad job this year. The players just didn't get the job done themselves. I think he put together a pretty solid product. And it's just unfortunate that, you know, that killer instinct clearly was the only missing ingredient to this team and the only reason why they're not moving on and playing the Winnipeg Jets right now. Um, let's... Um, okay, so this is his... This is what he had to say. So there's a common theme he felt in games 5, 6, and 7... So here's the common theme he felt in those three losses in a row that cost the Leafs a series. You know, common theme, looking back over it, is it's just been you know in those games when we have the chance to close it out is is simply finding our rhythm, playing the way that we are designed and need to play, and, and exerting that on the opposition. And um, 
you know, we've had painful lessons here over the years and uh, the lessons are repeated until they're learned. And I think we're getting to that point now. I like the first part of that uh, where he was 100% correct when he was talking about, you know, the the, the common theme here. But to, dis- to, to say that the lessons, these are lessons until they get repeated, uh, these are lessons that get repeated until they're learned. I, I, dude, I, you're it's it's over with with that. You need to learn from them, and by next season, like they have one more year, I think, to uh, to do some damage. I'm not saying they have to win the cup, but definitely one more year to do some damage. And, and it sucks because next year, most likely going back to the the Atlantic Division where you got to deal with Boston and Tampa. Florida had a good year. Clearly Montreal can give this team some troubles. Ottawa's a feisty little up-and-coming team who's only going to get better. So, you know, this was this was the year to get it done. And, and uh, unfortunately, games 5, 6, and 7 weren't able to dictate play, didn't wake up and get off the mat at all, and sent home packing. Uh, all right, what else do we want to go to here? Um, so this was Kyle Dubas talking about how losing is is part of the story, and this is the cheesiest line that I think he had in the entire press conference, which is the only reason why I pulled it out because I thought it was just insanely cheesy and just like so scripted, basically. And talking in the last couple of days to people in different sports and different people in hockey that have have guided their team through moments like this onto winning championships, unfortunately, and I know it's not what people want to hear, but moments like this are, are a part of the story that preludes success most of the time. Um, and that's what uh, that's what I believe in and banking on here as we guide our guide this ship ahead. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I had to play that because I thought that it was just like super cliche, and I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I, I guess like when you look at the 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 story of the Washington Capitals, which is a team that a lot of people are starting to um, compare the Maple Leafs to, like before they won the cup, like Washington. A lot of struggles early on. Uh, superstars like like um, Alex Ovechkin and Nick Backstrom could never get over the hump until they did. And then they got over the hump and uh, went all the way and won a Stanley Cup. So, you know, I, I understand where he's coming from here, but... Uh, it's just it was just insanely cliche and kind of kind of silly to to be quite honest with you. All right, let's let's hear a couple other things. All right, so um, this is an interesting one. If he had someone asked him if he had any regrets over the course of the last six months of uh, like the, this season, basically, you know, over the course of the off season and the regular season, any regrets that he had? And like I, I like I said, I don't have any regrets. So I was curious after a team after his team just lost, how was he going to answer this question? Because I don't believe he should have any regret. I mean, okay, yeah, maybe there are some regrets, just like you know, silly ones where it's like, oh, in hindsight, if I would have known this, then maybe I wouldn't have done that. But here, all right, here's his answer on on if he had any regrets. This season's team, when we had ruts and we had two of them, where we lost 
four or five or six in a row versus the past seasons that, that I've been here this season's team was able to fully stabilize itself and then go on a run back the other way and build off of it. And I thought it was the best sign I'd seen from one of our teams in the regular season. And that led me to believe that when we got into these moments, like we just went through in the last six days or seven days that we would be able to capitalize. And so, um, you know, do I regret anything in the last six months? I regret that we weren't able to, deliver on the promise and the hope that our regular season instilled in our fan base. Um, and it's up to us to rectify that so that we don't sit here again and deal with that. That's almost as lame as a comment there, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but I mean, yeah, I guess like I, I appreciate that what he said, because it's, it's not wrong. There was high expectations. The team played well. There were moments, you know, during the season where it, it, it gave some validity to the moves that he had made throughout the year that signaled to to us as the fan base ultimately we're upset because they played so well we saw a lot of potential in this team and it's because of the 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 unit that that Kyle Dubas put together so I'm glad that he understood that and, and he's it wasn't you know irrational and, and didn't say anything um you know that he didn't reg- that he had some regrets in some things because I didn't believe that he he should have but his answer, yeah, I regret that we didn't win. Yeah, I, you probably do. You probably do. I, I hate that you didn't win, too. I really do. Um, so going into next year, though, so they keep talking about this this lack of killer instinct, right? Killer instinct has been the buzzword all day between the players, Shani, Keith, and Kyle Dubas. But what exactly is killer instinct? Right, like that is the the million dollar question that Kyle Dubas is asking himself. You know, is that to, to find players with killer instinct? Is that to get guys who've been there and done that, or guys who are desperate and want to do it? And that's what Kyle Dubas is going to have to wrestle with this off season. And it's something that he wrestled with, I think, throughout the the regular season. And here's his uh, his thoughts on that exact subject um, when he was asked about it today at the end of your media availability. It's an interesting question because it always gets brought up, right? If, if you don't have guys that have won the Stanley Cup on your team, there's the wonder. I, I, not even that it gets brought up. I, I wonder it. You know, you don't have guys that have won. You know how how are the how are the other players? You're never going to have 20 guys that have won before unless you, you know, you're literally returning a full team. Like you're, and even Tampa, I don't I think they've brought in some different guys that haven't. So, you know, it's it's a great question that I often ponder as well. And so, you know, on our team, we had a few guys that have won. But if you go back to the previous couple of winners, they didn't really have players that had previously won before. In fact, I mean, they had a group of guys that had had major disappointment. And so I bounced back and forth. You know, in, in terms of, um, you know, do you need four or five or six guys that have won? Or do you need guys that are desperate to win that can instill that extra um, bit and push in, in bigger games? And I think the reality is that the answer probably lies within the room right now and merely a, a finding a way to when we're in those big moments, just continuing to play the way that, that we're meant to play and not reverting to safe, or, or cautious, as the word I think Sheldon used and has used in the last couple of days, but asserting ourselves and, and going for it, you know, playing on our toes versus sitting back and, 
waiting in for, you know, kind of counterattacking style hockey. So I guess we'll have to see what exactly, you know, he weighs th- throughout the season. Like, what what is that killer instinct? Who out there has the killer instinct that Kyle Dubas can bring in? Like I said, you know, we thought that it was just, you know, the veteran leadership would be able to provide that killer instinct when he checked all those boxes. You know, when he brought in the veteran leadership of Joe Thornton, when he brought in the edginess of Wayne Simmons, of Nick Foligno, guys who have won playoff rounds before, guys who have been to the Stanley Cup, Zach Bogosian, the guy who had just won the Stanley Cup in a bubble setting. You know, I felt that he did a lot of really good things this offseason. But apparently the one thing that was lacking that they didn't account for, that they just assumed was going to be bred into this team, was that killer instinct. And it wasn't there. Maybe there wasn't enough guys who have won before. Because I know he said that there was only... There's there's a couple of guys who have won. Uh, I'm pretty sure Zach Bogosian is the only one who has a Stanley Cup. Uh, Pierre Engvall, Justin Hall, um, who else? Adam Brooks, I think, and Travis Dermott are the guys who won with Sheldon Keefe in the, with the Marlies a couple of years ago. I mean, does that count? I don't know. Winning in the AHL and the NHL are kind of two different breeds. Winning in junior hockey and, and the NHL is kind of different breeds, right? So I don't even know if, if if that's what he meant by we have a few guys who have won before, if he meant at other levels, but maybe they need to get some guys who know how to win in the NHL, guys who have won Stanley Cups. You know, so next season, we're going to have to see what uh, what they end up putting together. We'll see. I would imagine, and I guess this is a little bit of a tease to to the conversations I'll be having next week for, you know, taking a look at the the multiple free agents that are still out that are out there for uh, for the Maple Leafs. Like you, you've got Joe Thornton, who's up for a, a contract renewal. Jason Spets a, a UFA. Zach Hyman's a UFA. Simmons, Bogosian, Freddie Anderson. There's a lot of pieces on this team who are going to be UFAs. So there's a lot of tinkering that could be done with this team. And I don't know who's going to stay or who's going to go, but I think that there will be some turnover here. There will be some change. And I I think that they're going to bring in some winners. Guys who have won before. Because they brought in, you know, like Dubas said, the guys who who want to win, they tried that this year. The guys who want to win. And it didn't quite work. You know, outside of Bogosian, the other guys didn't win before. And it, it they didn't bring that killer instinct. So does that mean that the Thorntons, the Simmons of the world are... are you know, a, a one-way ticket out of Toronto to bring in some some champions, guys who have lifted the cup, guys who've been there before. I don't know. I guess uh, you'll have to stay subscribed to the Locked On Lease podcast because that's stuff that I'll be going through, well, throughout the next couple of months, to be honest with you. But 
I'll be getting right to it, though, starting next week. But on tomorrow's show, uh, we're going to break down what the players had to say. You know, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, Morgan Riley, uh, Jack Campbell, Zach Hyman, who's up for uh, up for a contract renewal. This could possibly be the final year that he's in Toronto. You know, there's a lot of question marks going into the summer. Um a lot of question marks about what this roster uh, will look like. So, you know, make sure that you are subscribed here to Locked on Leafs. We're going to wrap this bad boy up. And thank you, everyone, for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms to receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. And follow the show at Locked on Leafs. I'll be back with the episode tomorrow. We'll be reacting to uh, the players' end-of-season media availabilities, pulling some clips from them, kind of like we did here today, and seeing what they had to say about their performance, about how upset they are, and about what they're going to do to rectify the problem. Specifically, those guys, you know, those core four players who this team believes in and will be running back out there next season hoping for a different result. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.